This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. Likeable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid to large size brands. Visit them at likeable.com. Welcome to All the Social Ladies with CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kerpin. Now, Carrie Kerpin. Hi, everyone. It's Carrie Kerpin from All the Social Ladies. And today I'm speaking with Melinda Whitstock, who is the CEO and founder of a very cool platform called Verifeed, V-E-R-I-F-E-E-D. It's able to take big data algorithms to find your believer customers and influencers. It's a really interesting platform because it's using not just social data, but actual big data, combining them both together to bring it together to tell one compelling story about the authenticity of people who love your brand. It's a really fascinating story and her whole story of entrepreneurship is really cool. Take a listen. Welcome Melinda to the show. Hey Carrie, it's great to be with you. Oh, I'm so excited to have you here today. And I want to start out before we get into the incredible platform that is Verifeed, I would love to talk to you about your story because I think it's a really interesting one. Tell us the story of your career. Well, you know, it was really funny. I was five years old when my grandmother first diagnosed it, and she said, you're disruptive. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. I don't know, you know, she must have had some sort of prescient sense of, like, who I was going to be. But, yes, I'm a serial entrepreneur, and uh, my first little business was when I was almost six, and I went around door-to-door, knocking on doors to get people to prepay you know, for my show, you know, <laughs> I don't know. What, I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what my parents thought I was doing exactly. <laughs> I had my black lab with me. So I was like super safe and everything. It was a while ago. So when kids used to be able to do stuff like that, but I've always had that entrepreneurial bug and my parents were very entrepreneurial in their way as well. And, you know, in college, when I was on my student newspaper, which was a daily, um, we were unable to fund it with the student council money. So we decided to be independent and I created an advertising department for the paper. You know, so I was busy, you know, I, I am also a recovering journalist, right? And I'll tell you a little bit more about that as well. But, you know, so I was running around doing stories for the paper, but I was also figuring out how to make uh, a media <laughs> organization, in essence, kind of profitable, right? Kind of by default, created the first ever listings, entertainment listings in the English language um, in Montreal, uh, Canada, through the student newspaper. And then that morphed into an actual thing called the Montreal Mirror, which um, was a weekly magazine with entertainment, music, food, listings, and all of that, which was very successful. So I was only like about 19 or whatever when I was doing wow. that. Wow. So went from there, though, and went into journalism, and I was a correspondent on the Times of London and uh, 
and then joined the Financial Times and created their television programs in Europe and Asia. And I fronted those as a television news anchor. I went to the BBC, anchored for BBC World Television, and then ABC News in New York with Anderson Cooper in the late 90s. So I did a whole bunch of stuff in journalism. And finally, just the entrepreneurial bug just bit again. It was just like, okay, this is what's really in my heart. This is who I am. I'm not really a good employee. Most entrepreneurs are not good employees. It's true. It's one of the, the, the common qualities that you'll find in an entrepreneur. They're usually not good at working for someone else. <laughs> well, yeah, that's it. Like, I'm really good at working with other people, though. And oh, in yeah. fact, I really, I really enjoy, I, you know, I really enjoy doing that. But one of the joys about being an entrepreneur, of course, is putting together, you know, a team and really being aligned on like mission and purpose and like doing, going to solve a problem together. And, you know, I really like to work with diverse people, you know, people who are really different from each other, but united in purpose and mission, you know, so that's like a real uh, thing about being um, an, an entrepreneur. So, you know, first business, well, first business is like an older, first grown up business. Yeah. yeah, it was, was Capital News Connection and started that after 9-11. Um, because everybody was talking about, obviously, our democracy is important and important to defend. And yet I looked at it as a journalist who'd done a lot of political reporting. And, and I thought, hmm, wait a minute, you know, nobody's voting. Nobody knows who their congressman or woman actually is. You know, like, what can I do about that? And the result was Capital News Connection. And we uh, created a really interesting business model back in the sort of initially the analog days where we could do highly um, localized and even kind of personalized stories at scale, you know, for for um, public radio stations and commercial television stations and newspapers all across the country. And along that uh, path, you know, we won many awards and we were just had unprecedented efficiency just by figuring out a way to do this kind of personalization at scale. And I raise this because when we talk a little bit about my current company, Verifeed, um, some of the ideas around that really came from executing on that in a media context at Capital News Connection. But I just got really excited about crowdsourcing because as a journalist, mm. I thought, man, like if if I have to, if, if, you know, if I'm just getting two sources in a story, wait a minute, what if I could get like 10 or like 100 or 1,000 or like really, really, I would like my stories would be much better. Um, I was very interested in journalism and content as conversation, as collaboration, as, and I thought that would just wildly improve journalism. And so really began to get really interested in, in software and became much more of a software entrepreneur coming out of that because in Capital News Connection, um, you know, I, I was able to create an app that um, in six months uh, grew to more than 3 million people. And wow. it was, um, yeah, it was pretty cool. It was a way of asking your congressman any or senator any question that you wanted and then voting the questions up the order like kind of collectively and then our correspondents would go and get them answered and then people would listen to them comment and share and then a, a really funny thing happened because the the questions that were asked by regular people got better answers than <laughs> the questions that were being asked by journalists and those stories became more sellable they were just more successful stories and i thought because right they okay. probably were what the general population really wanted to know because they were yeah. voted up as you said wow very Ex interesting exactly it was like a real grassroots type thing and i mean so you know in between you know capital news connection which i you know it's i sold. And then I did this other thing that was way ahead of its time called News It, which actually is solving a, a current
current problem way before we knew there was a problem about fake news. Wow. Um, but, but with the iPhone, you know, I kind of thought, well, look, anyone could be a correspondent, you know, with a, with a, you know, not necessarily a good one, but, you know, um, could contribute to the news in a, in a socially networked way and created an app called news it, but it was like way ahead of its time. This is like 2010, 2011. Yep. And like yep. investors would say things like, what makes you think people want to create content? I'd be like, well, but right. they are, you know, but they are. Right. What makes you think, you know, mobile's going to be big? <laughs> but it's like, a perfect example yeah. of when you, when you have ideas, sometimes it could be the right idea, but totally the wrong time. And as yeah. an entrepreneur, you have to get used to the fact that not every idea is going to hit. Yeah. Well, that's exactly right. And, and they sure. don't, cause you can be off. You can be way too early. You can be a little, a little bit behind, you know, or you can be in the wrong city with the wrong, you know, so if you're East coast as an entrepreneur, it's best to go sort of B2B and like sort of revenue is a thing that everyone looks for West coast. It's user traction. And so we were like a user traction kind of company on the East coast before as, and especially in Washington, you know, before that really um, was something that was actually even considered fungible. Um, right. you know, here, but we, you know, we progressed a lot, but I, I learned a lot with news it and a lot of it informs, I guess what we do at Verifeed. So I guess segue into that. I mean, essentially what we're doing is, I guess what I used to do as a journalist, you know, when I had algorithms in between my ears, right. <laughs> right. Around, like, which like, you know, how to get the right content, the right person, right time, you know, uh, who, who to trust as a source. Essentially I was using pattern recognition as a journalist to be first and to be right and, and to be predictive, like where was the story going next? So I think all these years later, uh, really what I'm doing with Verifeed is, is similar in a sense. Um, we have a whole series and suite of all sorts of different sorts of algorithms and um, machine learning and the beginnings of artificial intelligence. And we're able to search into millions of social conversations, you know, on Twitter and Facebook and elsewhere to really find people, their believer customers, understand them and not just by where they are and like their demographics and that sort of thing, but also like their interests, their hobbies, their behavior, um, even their purchasing intent. Um, and we can see what kind of trends were emerging. We can see how those people actually speak to each other. So what sort of phrases do they use? How do they talk about the challenges they have? So in essence, from that, you can see all the people who are talking about um, wanting something that your company sells, but they just don't know you yet. So essentially what we're doing is we're using that, we call it social intelligence. We're using that to really connect people in a way that wasn't possible before. So interesting. And I know that you talk a little bit when you're talking about Verifeed about a very important concept that you call return on authenticity. So talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, well, that's pretty cool. So authenticity is this one of these overused words all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. um, but but we mean like not fake authenticity, like real authenticity. And we, we saw in a lot of the work that we were doing for our clients for Verifeed that companies in a competitive context that were speaking to people on social media as individuals and in a really human, like genuine human voice and yeah. actually caring about their customers, like asking their customers questions, you know, being responsive, 
just basically and 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 also just they're walking their talk you know like not having a gap between what they say they are and like who they're actually being on a day-to-day basis in those social conversations right really engaging people in an authentic way those folks were doing much, much better than their competitors by any metric, whether you're looking at like traffic and conversions or just like how many people would be passing word of mouth on about those companies. And if we were looking at things like sentiment and stuff like that, so like uh, would be wildly better. So we thought, wait, wait a minute, there's a return on authenticity. Like the more authentic you are, like the better you're doing. And we thought, it would be really cool to see if we could measure authenticity authenticity algorithmically. There's a really hmm. kind of geeky thing to try and figure yeah. out. Yeah. Right? Like, like that's kind of so. So we did. Um, you know how, how we measure that. We have this kind of formula, and it's a whole series of algorithms that do that. So we're able to look into somebody's kind of social profile and all their posts, and and give them a score out of a hundred um, as to how well they're doing, how authentic they're being, and then tie it back increasingly to return. So that we're able to kind of see what's the impact of being that. So how many are there? Like rapid increases in followers, and you know, positive, you know, kind of viral outcomes being driven by that company and we're able to measure that as well. That is really exciting stuff. And so you're seeing from the data that these sort of give forward companies are outperforming the rest. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. And it's not just give, you know, actually you raise a really great point. Um, so Verifeed is part of this whole evolved enterprise movement that, um, you know, or conscious capitalism, some people call it. So like for everybody that we work with, we always donate to a charity that's kind of in alignment with what they're doing. We just like a, a portion of every penny that we make. Um, we, we do that. And, um, we've noticed too, that companies that have a genuine sort of social mission, like for social good, do very, very well um, or better. So it's not just about authenticity. It's also about that. It's about like doing good for the world as well. Okay. So Melinda, we've heard that good companies who do good things perform better, not only on social media, but it actually linking back to how they perform as companies. Through this evolution of your career, you've seen a lot happen in social media. Obviously, one of the first companies you started, basically the one with the news and the voting up the questions, that's something now that social media networks are actually doing. So you've you've watched this process over a long time. How have you seen social media change for the better over time. Yeah, I think people are getting starting to get more sophisticated at it. I mean, um, I, I think that if you look at it as kind of social 1.0 through to where we are now in the beginnings of kind of like a 3.0, I think to begin with, people approached it much like they do advertising, where they'd like push out their messages and that kind of worked a little bit because social media was still a, a new unknown quantity, but it soon became apparent that people on social media aren't there to purchase things. They're there to connect with their friends and talk with their friends, make new friends. However, in the act of doing that, they are influenced in terms of what to purchase. So I sadly, I mean, I still see companies that go out there and they just push their message in it. Like it's all about, it's about me, 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 me. And, and everybody passes over it as if it were spam because it comes across as spam. 
And the only way, and I, I think more and more companies are beginning to understand this, that more and more it's about engaging people as people, as individuals. Um, and, and the phrase I like to use for this is that, you know, we always talk about, is it a B2B or a B2C company? And I think our economy is now a C2B economy and that all the power is really in the hands of the consumer. And so the consumer holds all the cards and companies compete for the attention of people. And in, increasingly, people expect this really kind of concierge service, like That's really exceptionable, true. Ex true. exceptional customer service, which is really difficult to do at scale, like if everyone expects this personal solution, but you, you're a type of company that is selling like, you know, like on large volume and you've got to reach, you know, hundreds of thousands, like millions of people, it's very difficult to personalize at scale. So that's one of the problems that Verifeed kind of set out to figure out, not just how to get a return from your investment in social media, which is what our return on authenticity or ROA score is about, but to actually get the right message to the right person at the right time for the right reason, for the right impact. And I think that's really where it's going. And I think a lot of the technology around artificial intelligence and chatbots and a whole bunch of things have tremendous potential, although there is a little bit of a tension between being authentic and being a chatbot. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see how the industry evolves, right, in that sense. But, you know, the consumer is a lot more sophisticated than a lot of companies actually realize. Okay. So Melinda, we've talked about you, um, as the B right. The business owner. Now I want to talk about you as the C because I loved your idea of not B to C, but C to B. Tell me about your own personal social media usage. Are you a junkie or now that you're running a business that's based and really rooted in social intelligence, does it make you want to shy away more? Tell me about your own personal social media usage. Uh, yeah, it's funny. So like, actually one of the things that was an epiphany this year was just, oh man, verify Verifeed has to start being start being verified, like using verified to for verified, and like a lot of companies, especially in an early stage, you're so much about your own your clients and advancing them, you forget to do it for yourself. Yeah. So, 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 you know, cause like the first thing that the first thing in my mind is as, as the B person, right. Is that like driving value for them. It's always about them, but you know, you forget yourself. So I'm, I'm like a lot of people, you know, I'm some bit of a Facebook and Instagram uh, junkie. I find it can be extremely addictive. Yeah. Um, and, um, but I'm always trying to figure out like how to defeat the filter bubble. Um, and that's maybe a geeky thing. Cause I get frustrated that I only see, like if I haven't interacted with someone for a little bit, suddenly they, it's like, they're dead to me. Facebook has decided that. And then, and then you feel like you're not really interacting with people that you actually really care about. So, so, you know, if you're, if you're doing it right, you've got to do, um, quite a, a bit um, more, more work, but I find like different social networks, different for, you know, for, for different things. I mean, Twitter is great for, for news, um, as like sort of news and information and for like memes and for all of that. Um, you know, Facebook is more about really kind of getting and connecting with friends. I've started to get into Snapchat a lot more yeah. lately, most because, you know, I've got a 13 year old up. daughter yeah. who's, yeah. who's like, mom, I can't believe you run 
Uh, so <laughs> social right. intelligence business and you should be like on Snapchat all the I time. Know. But you know, it's very counterintuitive Snapchat. If you're not, if it's, if it's, if you weren't a digital native, like you weren't really born into this, it's hard. I don't, I don't find it to be super easy. It's not super easy, but what I love about it is the creation of stories. I yeah. think that's where it's got so much traction. It's like people are natural storytellers. It's kind of yeah. like almost like a oral history type thing. And I think there's, there's a lot of potential for connection around content like that. So I, yeah. I find it kind of captivating in that really way. I think cool. that they're really onto something. Really cool. And so Melinda, where should people follow you and where should they, where can they find out more about Verifeed? Okay, great. So um, a couple things. I have an offer for everybody listening. Oh, good. They, they can text tribal uh, because we're all about building your tribe, your, your believer tribe, right? You can text tribal to 44222. Um, so tribal to four, four, two, 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 and we will do a little consult for you customed, um, to your business and your needs and also find you 25 influencers. It would help you grow your business. Awesome. Great. So, um, yeah, I was like keen to, I like to be, you know, I like to be generous, spread the love. So, um, yeah, so offering that and then, um, folks can find me pretty easily at Verifeed. So, um, so on Twitter, because we have a squatter on the Verifeed name, you can find me on Variate, um, which is V for Victor E. R-I-A-T-E, and that's where Verifeed on Twitter lives. We're on Instagram. I'm more active on my personal on Instagram, so I'm Melinda Whitstock 2020. And on Facebook, I'm Melinda Whitstock, and you can also find Verifeed on Facebook as well. Awesome. Melinda, thank you so much for being on the show. You are one fabulous social lady. Ah, thank you. It was great to be on. You've been listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kerfin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Kerfin. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likeable.com. This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. Likeable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid to large size brands. Visit them at likeable.com.